Chicago suburbs are passing ordinances left and right in response to more so-called rogue buses dropping migrants off in their communities without any notice. Woodstock and Joliet are among the latest suburbs taking action by making it illegal to transport large groups of people there without an approved application. Now, the city of Chicago passed a similar ordinance last month that would impound buses and penalize drivers for dropping off migrants late at night or in places other than the designated area near downtown. So we're checking in with people working with migrants in the suburbs. Our guests are Rob Mutert, founder and executive director for Warp Corps, a group of advocates in Woodstock, Illinois, working to prevent substance abuse disorder, homelessness, and suicide in their community. Welcome to Reset, Rob. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. We're also joined by Brian Cones, pastor at Trinity Episcopal Church in Highland Park. Hey, Brian, welcome to the program. Thanks very much. Take us back to Saturday, Rob. A bus of migrants stopped at a nearby metro station, dropped off migrants. Who were the people on the bus? Yeah, you know, um, mid-afternoon, 3 o'clock-ish, I got a call. We shot over to the train station with uh, supplies we had, cold-weather gear. But most of the people on the buses that we saw, we had about 37, I believe, in total. And most of them were families, and a bulk of them were you know, families with young children. I believe there was about 12, maybe, total children, I would say, under the age of 10. Mm. How were they dressed? I mean, I, I assume <laughs> not, they weren't dressed good. for this weather. Not, no, they were not They were not ready. Some of them had, you know, flip-flops, and, you know, so I saw a couple gentlemen didn't even have socks on. So, yeah, they were ill-prepared for Illinois weather, that's for sure. So tell us more about how Warp Corps responded. Um, we do street outreach countywide for anyone low income or unhoused. So we are daily you know, advocates for the homeless and people in need. So we do have an issue point on site that we collect, you know, gear as we need it, you know, tents for the unhoused, sleeping bags, you know, any essentials that people need just to make it through a day in the life. And uh, so we were lucky and fortunate that we had supplies on hand. Because this is part of our normal day-to-day, but the volume pretty much de- depleted everything we had at that moment in time. And, uh, you know, the community outreach has been unbelievable in response to our request mm-hmm. for more gear. It's it's unbelievable. Well, that's great to hear. What happened to the bus driver? Where did they go? You know, we didn't um, get to see this bus driver because the bus was seen leaving the community. And um, a local city council member, Melissa McMahon, just happened to be driving through town, and mm-hmm. she saw it, and she's smart enough to know, hey, ooh, Texas plates, unmarked bus. And, yeah, you know, we've all been talking about this issue and the fact that it's probably going to impact our community at some point. So she shot over to the train station, and uh, there was a group of migrants. The, this, the Woodstock train station was locked and closed, so they were just standing in the cold. And uh, she, you know, we have access to the train station, so she was able to get them inside quickly. There's restrooms and heat. And uh, then we came in with the supplies we had. We had about a 45-minute window before the train was showing up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so we had to respond quickly. And I'm really glad that we were able to do that. Yep. Let's hear from you now, Brian. I mean, are you seeing anything similar in Highland Park? best that we can tell there might have been one bus that dropped off migrants about two weeks ago but that's mostly hearsay so it didn't didn't kind of rise to um 
nothing from the city or anything, so I'm not really sure that actually happened. What I do know is that some of the clergy in Deerfield, which is neighbor's island park, Mm -hmm. um, were asked by the police department to be prepared for that possibility. So if community groups and churches and synagogues could be prepared to have on hand the kinds of things that um, the other other, uh, guest has been talking about so that you could welcome migrants when they arrived because there could be an expectation that it might happen. Tell us more about what you were hearing from folks in in Deerfield and what those discussions were like. I think for the most part, there's interest actually in our experience. So we we house about 15 migrants um, uh, through our church and, and some partnerships. And my experience with the folks there is once we get the call, the interest is how can we be helpful? So um, in some ways, although it's difficult when these things happen, um, at least the communities I'm aware of have been interested in collecting the things that are needed, even gathering, gathering money, but definitely um, clothes are pretty easy to come by, um, and that's an immediate need. But I don't hear a lot of resistance, at least among the circles that I'm hearing from, that there is interest um, in trying to help be a part of the solution to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Trinity Episcopal Church has been helping to house about four or five migrant families, right? That's right. So since last February, um, and again in May through the Sanctuary Working Group, which is an ecumenical and interreligious group based in Chicago, um, our our guests came to us though through that pathway. So they landed in the city, and we had been doing this work already with Afghan migrants. So we were ready to um, take another group, and so Sanctuary working group placed them with us so they didn't kind of appear um in these ways it was kind of off a bus um but through other not through the city channels but through other channels that are happening to help welcome people And, and rob help us understand here i mean what problems are created when buses show up without notice you know i think the biggest problem that you know we saw and and really i'm just kind of speaking for myself was just the, the pure lack of any, you know, um, necessities that, uh, that, that these, these people might need. Um, you know, first and foremost was, you know, the clothing, food, water. I mean, we had water. I, I mean, you know, it was just crazy. I could tell, you know, that a lot of these people hadn't, you know, had water because they were drinking it immediately, giving it to the children. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just really the, the, the fact that we were a little bit blindsided, you know, we were, thinking, you know, we could probably see this, but we didn't know it until it happened. But, um, you know, for sure, just the lack of basic necessities, you know, we 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 had um, a need for everything from, you know, hygiene products for women to baby diapers and, you know, all these things. But we certainly have a, a pretty good amount of product now that we're kidding and collating to be ready and also to share with any neighboring community. We are a countywide organization, so it's not just Woodstock. If the next bus shows up in Crystal Lake or Fox River Grove, we're ready to respond. And we've already created a you know a whole system of people so that we can be very quick in our responses with the basic essentials that, that, that these people need. And what does that do for you, Rob, when you see these families show up, as you mentioned, in in flip-flops, clearly underdressed, clearly needing water, as you described. For you to watch this, what's that like? It it was hard. You know, um, you know, I have a lot of experience working with, you know, the unhoused and, and, and low-income folks that just need help and are struggling through days. But this was a whole different level, I guess, of, you know, Oh, wow. I mean, this, 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 you know, we see it in the media, 
news bites, little pictures on the internet or whatever, but to see it with my own eyes and to walk in and to see it and to feel it and to touch it, you know, the whole, the whole thing, just walking in that door, you know, when I walked in with, you know, a couple boxes of cold weather gear and just set them on the floor, you know, it, it was, it was very emotional for me personally. You know, the, the first, when I walked in that room, I don't know why, but my eyes were drawn to a, a little kid sitting in a stroller. Couldn't have been but two, three years old. And, uh, you know, this, this little dude just looked sick. He, mm. he, 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 you know, I wanted to, you know, pick that kid up and take him to the hospital right now. I, I just, you know, I got three kids and two grandkids. I know, you know, that kid wow. did not look well. And, uh, you know, it was very emotional for me, no doubt about it. And, uh, um, but in a good way, because it, it was, it was fuel or motivation yeah. for me and our organization to say, okay, guys, this is just another reminder of really the work we're doing. Yeah. Help us and, on the way. Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm a Marine Corps veteran. So, you know, I guess that muscle memory in my brain, you know, there's trouble, we run to it. And, uh, but the emotion of it was very heavy. I mean, yeah, I was choking back tears. I'm not going to lie. This was hard for me to sit and look at and just think because I knew where they're going and there wasn't much there. Putting them on a train to Chicago, you know, and the, the teams we're talking to in the city are saying, you know, they're, you know, a lot of them might end up just on the streets. Yeah. And, you know, that that's that's a tough thing for me to, do, you know, just to say I can't not do something. We, we are, I don't know the answers to the problems, but I know what we can do in the short term to help people when they're in need. Brian, what are your thoughts on more suburbs passing these ordinances? Um, in some ways, the better response is Rob's. That is um, to start to prepare ourselves for this reality, which isn't going away. Um, no matter what's happening from Texas right now, this kind of migration is happening for all kinds of reasons. It's going to keep happening. And so it seems to me that more positive response is what um, I know some area churches and synagogues and other community organizations, Rob's, is to prepare to be ready to welcome people and to help them get settled. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I live in Chicago, but work in Lake County. Um, the other counties, like we have resources that we can do this. It just takes communities organizing together and wanting to do it. And, you know, Rob has just described the response people um, have made already um, to wanting to meet these needs. So I wonder, there's no doubt a need to regulate how the buses arrive for people's safety, but regulating and then or versus just blocking people from entering. I mean, it's different things mm-hmm. when we actually have the ability um, to turn what we keep calling a crisis into um, a problem that we can solve and eventually, you know, generate some good out of it. Um, new communities, safe people, um, new economies for Chicago. I mean, I think this could be a, it's a difficult time, but um, but we could rise the occasion instead of maybe worrying that there's not going to be enough, um, you know, or, or giving into a certain kind of fear about new arrivals. Do you want to see your your town step up more, Brian? I would. I mean, I'd like to see. Um, like, I love the fact that Deerfield um, community organizations didn't say, "Oh no, we can't do that." They're like, "Yeah, let's organize." to get ready for that. And I do think that, um, you know, some of the communities in Lake County certainly could. Um, Highland Park um, is a place that wants to be welcoming. I know it does. Um, And the, you know, the communities further up the North Shore could be as well. So, I mean, Lake County could be a place where people resettle. So could McHenry County, so could DuPage County. And in some ways we could turn what is a crisis into kind of a demonstration of of how you handle migration like this. Robin, in Woodstock, 
$10,000 fine plus a $750 fine per passenger. Right. I, I mean, these these are the penalties we're talking about here. And I, I wonder if this is putting migrants and families in danger because a driver is going to rather drop them off at a random train station, as you've talked about, than get a penalty. Right. And, and you know, that was a point of contention in our city council meeting when, um, you know, they voted on the, 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 the new law and they didn't really answer it. But I don't believe and in their defense, you know, I think they weren't really ready for that question. But, um, you know, the fear I have and many people in my orbit are OK. So, you know, people are not stupid. They're smart. These drivers could end up dropping them off in really bad spots, mainly on the side of the road in the country, you know, so they can elude coming into the city and potentially getting stopped and, and, and you know, their bus confiscated and all that stuff. So that's a concern I have. I don't know if it's right or wrong, and I do not do politics, you know, in my day-to-day and what we do here. But, um, you know, I do know that the entire city council was very moved and very dedicated to trying to find solutions. But, you know, they had, you know, I guess to kind of do something. And, um, you know, I didn't personally think that, um, you know, just, you know, kind of saying, hey, if we catch you, you're going to be in trouble and right. we're going to find you and I'll confiscate. And, and, and you know, I, I know financial, you know, repercussions are, you know, going to be impactful on these bus companies. But, um, you know, they're not going to they're going to figure out ways around it. Yeah. They got a, a busload of people. They got to put them somewhere. And my fear is they show up at the hotel on the outskirts of town and just dump them there. And then what? You know, now we got to get them to the train station. So, you know, my thing was, you know, really, if we had a heads up, you know, I didn't see anything in the law. And I'm not saying it's not in there. But, um, you know, if we had a heads up we would be way better prepared Mm -hmm. than a knee jerk reaction to, uh, you know, flash fire, so to speak. So, you know, um, I, am scared in one respect because we are very rural in parts of our County. So, I mean, there could be spots that they could just, you know, you know, tell these people, Hey, there's another bus coming to get you. Just get off here and then drive away. And they're just on their own. And that would be even a worse logistical and Mm -hmm. human crisis than just meeting them at the train station and helping them on the path. Meanwhile, Brian, are are you seeing more collaboration between the religious communities and churches in and outside of the city of Chicago? I mean, I mean, definitely. Um, There's um, plenty of effort to do that. I think the difficulty is um, what we need most right now are housing um, and jobs for people. We can't necessarily provide the jobs, but the housing is getting difficult. So um, as Chicago's experiencing now, and there's an affordability crisis on the, um, further up in Lake County as well. So finding places for people to live is a challenging thing. So we've yeah. been with the same um, set of families since February, and we're trying to help move them move towards self-sufficiency now, but finding housing is difficult. And what a lot of we need to do now is to raise money <laughs> to place people because they don't yeah. access to um, state programs and things that might that might supply that. But I do think that's, I mean, there's in McKenna County, actually, another group of churches was trying to get together so they could welcome um, some families and what they weren't able to find was a place to house them. So that's really what's been the challenge right. is we can raise food, we can raise, um, find food, we can find clothing, we can find those kinds of supplies, but finally it's housing is what people need. 
We'll leave it there for now. That's Brian Cohn's pastor at Trinity Episcopal Church in Highland Park and Rob Mutert, founder and executive director of Warp Corps in Woodstock. Thank you both.